Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. So bonds have an inverse relationship to interest rates. So when the cost of borrowing money rises, bond prices usually fall and vice versa. Hence, if the market expects interest rates to rise, then bond deals rise as well, forcing bond prices in turn to fall. So to take a deeper look at the bond market in the APAC region as we face rising interest rates globally, joining us on the phone today is Riyad Chowdhury, head of Asia Pacific at Market Access. Riyad, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Hongbin. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us today. So, how are rising interest rates and inflation affecting the bond market in APAC currently? Sure. Yeah. Um, actually, it's exactly as you mentioned. Um, inflation um, is is very much a, a theme globally. So it is a very much a global phenomenon. And uh, to fight inflation, uh, central banks around the world have been raising rates uh, fairly aggressively. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, uh, as rates go up, so do the yield on the bonds. And when the yields on the bonds go up, prices tend to come down. And I would say Asian regard have been very much similar to the global market. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I would mention in terms of a small differentiation perhaps is that typically um, when central banks are raising rates, uh, the bond yields typically for more shorter tenor bonds tend to go up. They tend mm-hmm. to be more responsive to central bank uh, activity and, and the longer end of the bond tend to be perhaps a little bit less responsive, which uh, sometimes tend to be more responsive to economic activity or economic uh, activity expectations in the future. So uh, one of the things we've seen in Asia and elsewhere is these kind of what we call flattening of the bond curve, Mm -hmm. which means the front end yields are rising and the longer end yields are rising not as much. So uh, APAC, like the rest of the world, are kind of going through the same thing. Uh, I see, I see. And it seems like bond yields have hit the highest since 2011. What does that tell us about the current trends in the bond market? Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, as you rightly point out, bond yields have been going up uh, fairly aggressively recently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, since 2011 or sometimes even uh, perhaps even a little bit earlier than that, you know, central banks, particularly the largest central banks around the world, have been doing something called, you know, quantitative easing, Mm -hmm. which basically means they have been buying bonds, which have been kind of, uh, you know, prices are going up, yields are going down. I would say this trend is more uh, in terms of the the rising yield. Mm -hmm. This current trend is likely to persist, at least in the near term. Mm -hmm. So we because uh, inflation still is is very much a problem in, in, in much of the world. And uh, all the rhetoric that we've been hearing from the larger central banks around the world is that that is kind of front and center for them. And for them to fight this, they will probably need to continue on this rate hiking path, which means this current trend that we're seeing of yields moving up is uh, likely to persist, at least in the near term. Mm-mm. And electronic trading adoption has also accelerated in Asian bond markets. What's led to this uptick in adoption? Sure. No, that's a great question. I would say um, a few things. One is um, it's part of a, a global adoption of electronic trading. So mm-hmm. if you think about you know, asset managers around the world or banks around the world, uh, you know, if an asset manager that's based in New York, if they trade electronically, they're more likely, and if they have a business set up in, in Asia, they're more likely to also want to trade electronically in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's been the case both for the asset management community as well as the banking community. So just, just generally greater adoption. 
Mm-hmm. The other two things I would mention is one is efficiency, which basically just means it's become uh, much easier and in many cases less error prone mm-hmm. for uh, various market participants to trade electronically. And the third thing I would say is really just innovation. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean just introduction of new products into the market, which allow uh, you know, various participants to get better prices for the bonds that they, they need to trade. So those would be the three main drivers. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So then how can automation improve fixed income trading strategy and help with the best execution at that? Yeah, sure. So automation is something that uh, we hear a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the three things I just mentioned from your previous question is efficiency. And automation really is all about efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and we've seen this across and not just in financial markets, but other industries where effectively, you know, the teams are having to do more and more with perhaps the same number of people or in some cases, fewer number of people. So as uh, the trading desks, uh, you know, both in the asset management side or the bank side, needing to trade more and more, they tend to be, you know, uh, adopting greater technological solutions. And mm-hmm. those part of those technological solutions come in the form of automation, so you can spend less time trading, so you can get more done basically in your day. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask: Is e-trading enabling better than ESG trading? Yeah. So the ESG. Um, I guess broadly the ecosystem I would say is continuing to grow and and take shape and that's the same in the Asia Pacific region. What I would say is electronic trading has a role to play within ESG. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, you know, the issuance of green bonds uh, around the world uh, have been growing Mm -hmm. and uh, e-trading platforms like ourselves, we have implemented a number of programs which allow the trading of green bonds. So Mm -hmm. yes, it's very much part of the ecosystem, but we will obviously continue to see this space grow in the coming years. Is there a growing in part of green bonds in Asia as well? You said globally, but in terms of Asia, in the Asian Pacific region. Yes, very much so. Um, actually, many of the asset managers uh, based in the Asia Pacific region have been very ESG focused. And mm-hmm. within that focus, they've continued to uh, you know, encourage issuers to issue bonds. Mm-hmm. So you have the green bonds actually both in the government bond space as well as the corporate bond space. So that is something that's definitely growing. And actually, one of the things uh, that we capture within our platform is a a large amount of data Mm -hmm. around bonds generally, but we also uh, aggregate a lot of data around uh, the availability and and liquidity of green bonds. And and, and many of our clients and investors actually find such data quite useful for their own purposes as this space kind of grows in the Asia-Pacific region. Is there a reason why there is an uptick in, you know, going through that green bond trend? Yeah, I mean, I think... Overall, I would say, uh, like many industries, financial services industry is also very sustainability focused in many ways. Mm-hmm. And sustainability, as you know, takes different shapes. Uh, and that's just become part of, um, I think it's not enough just to say that, you know, I'm a good asset manager and I can generate a, a good return for my investors. I think uh, ultimately end investors and the public are, are asking for much more responsible and sustainable investment. Mm-hmm. So in addition to just providing a good asset management service, the asset management community has been highlighting ESG as a key component of how they invest in assets, again, to make it make things much more sustainable. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Then what are some of the latest digital solutions for the wealth sector to trade in bonds? Sure. So the wealth sector, um, you know, which I would you know, largely say the wealth management community or the private banks, mm-hmm. actually, you know, they have been uh, a relative early adopters of electronic trading. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
And most of the trends for this sector tend to focus on kind of two key areas. One is making their their day-to-day trading workflow mm-hmm. easier and more efficient because um, they tend to trade a lot, uh, you know, very frequently over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. And then the second is really just helping them to find better prices for the bonds they that they need to sell. Uh, or buy and sell rather on a daily basis. And, and I mentioned uh, innovation earlier. Mm. And uh, there's been a number of innovation in this sector, including, uh, you know, we have built a product specifically for the wealth management sector as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Riyadh, for joining us today. My pleasure, Hongbin. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking to you. We've been speaking with Riyadh Chowdhury, head of Asia Pacific at Market Access. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.